Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hey guys, this is Russ and this is The Overlook. Today we're going to get into the disappearance of Benefacio Pena. Benefacio Pena, also known as Facio by family and friends, is a 20-year-old Hispanic male missing for Portage, Michigan. Benefacio was last seen May 19, 2018. He was last seen walking with a friend, but details beyond this are a little hazy. Facio was living with a woman of unknown relations at the time of his disappearance. His friend Nicholas Johnson was also staying with this woman. The last day Facio was seen, the woman in which he was staying with gave both boys a bandana and the boys left their residence together, but only Nicholas returned. When asked about Facio's whereabouts, Nicholas stated that he got into a car with some unknown friends and that was the last time he seen him. Now, this woman noted that Nicholas was acting very anxious when she was asking him questions. And she also noticed that he came back with Facio's bandana. Even stranger, Nicholas began getting very possessive over Facio's belongings. In fact, the woman had to sneak Facio's belongings back to Facio's mother in order to get them away from Nicholas. As far as anybody knows, Nicholas was the last person to see Facio alive. Now, after a few days of not hearing from Facio, his family contacted the police on May 23rd. Him going this long without speaking to anyone in his family was very suspicious and odd. By May 26, there was a Facebook page dedicated to finding him. And on that page, it seems that originally family and friends just thought maybe he took off. This is evident by comments made on the page by both friends and families, but also the page administrator. On one post, just a few weeks after Fasia was missing, the administrator said, hey, look, we understand when you're 17, you don't know what it's like to be a concerned parent, but we ask that you or any friends basically come forward if you know he's okay. Later, the administration also made a clever suggestion asking that if anyone is missing and they just need some space or time away, what they could do is post a picture of themselves, kind of like a selfie, with a piece of paper with that day's date and to send it to her and she will post it on missing person sites. That way family and friends could know that they were at least all right and they would not think the worst. Now, four months after Fasia went missing, August 2018, rumors started circulating that Fasia was deceased. A family member made a post that was shared on his missing person's Facebook asking that people stop calling them as it was hard enough on the family and people calling to let them know about the different rumors was not helping. At the time, the family did not believe he was deceased and they made it a point to let the public know that this was simply a rumor, albeit a cruel one. But as far as they were concerned, Fasio was still just missing. In one post, Fasio's mothers wrote, we love you no matter what, we know you love us too. We may argue and disagree on many things, but we will always love you. 
please, if you are okay, call us, please. We will never give up searching for you. You are my baby boy. My heart breaks for you, son. Life is hard. No one said it was going to be easy, but we got everything that crosses our path. God is always on our side. God loves you too. He will never turn his back on you. No matter what you are doing, choices you are making, he will always take you back in. We need to hear your voice. We love you more than words will ever express. For a long time, there was no update in regards to Fasio's case. They had witnesses, but they weren't very reliable and the information they gave wasn't very reliable or it simply just wasn't enough information at all. The person last seen with them was very vague and really wasn't trying to help the investigation. And that was it. There really wasn't a lot to go off of. Now, police, they did do searches for Facio. They searched one area at least twice, but nothing came from any of the searches. Now, let's fast forward to February 9th of 2001. February 9th of 2001, the Portage Police Department was called to do a welfare check at the home of Gary and Laura Johnson, a couple in their 60s. Gary had not reported at work in a few days, and this was very odd. So his place of employment asked the police to please do a welfare check. When the police arrived to the home, they attempted to make contact with the couple, but they got no replies. The police decided to walk around the perimeter of the home, and they felt like something was off. They decided to enter the home, where they were met with obvious signs of a very violent struggle. On the scene, police saw blood spiders on the wall, the ceilings. There were 9mm shell casings in the garage, and there was blood-stained linens and couch cushions in the washing machine. In the backyard, investigators discovered a newly dug hole, but nothing seemed to be actually in this hole. There were a lot of things left behind on this crime scene. Shell casings, blood, signs of a struggle. There was a lot of things left, but Gary and Laura, they weren't left behind. They were nowhere to be found. The police worked quickly to try to locate the Johnsons and make sense of the crime scene they just walked into. They were actually able to trace Laura's phone pretty quickly and her phone pinged at the Mallard Cove Apartments, an apartment complex just about a mile away from their house. When they got to this complex, her Ford Escape was found, but also found there, in the complex, in one of the storage sheds, was Gary and Laura's son, Nicholas Johnson. Nicholas was found with a 9mm pistol, additional ammunition, his parents' IDs, his mother's phone, the Johnson's financial information, and other important documents belonging to his parents. Police took Laura's phone, and again, this phone was in Nicholas' possession at the time that he was found, and they saw a very odd search history. In her search history, they found someone looking up how to transfer money from a trust. If ring video devices still record after the base is removed. How much certain narcotics will sell for street value? Now, let's be clear. The narcotics that were searched were the same type of prescription pills his mother was prescribed. Nicholas was arrested, but... He was actually arrested on an active warrant for a violation of his parole conditions from a 2019 felony charge. The 2019 felony charge stemmed from a home invasion arrest in which he assaulted his father. 
According to court documents, Gary and Laura actually offered their son money and transportation to seek help after he showed up to their home in late 2019, threatening to beat them if they did not allow him to stay in the home. By the way, when he showed up to the home, he was already violating a bond condition. And yet, his parents just wanted him to get help, and they offered to pay for the help. But from what I can find, Nicholas never took him up on any of those offers. Now, jumping back to February 12, 2021, when Nicholas was found, Nicholas was questioned by police and he admitted that he was the sole driver of his mother's Ford Explorer for the last couple of days. When police searched this car, they found blood inside of the vehicle. Luckily for police, Laura's Ford Explorer actually had a GPS tracker and they were able to use this tracker to see the different trips Nicholas made within the last couple of days before he was arrested. The GPS showed that Nicholas frequently went to his parents' home and then back to the apartment complex in which he was hiding, but it also showed that he went near the Gardnex State Game Area near an empty dirt parking lot. Cadaver dogs were used and they were able to locate the Johnson's bodies on February 12, 2001 in a shallow graves wrapped in tarps. Once the bodies were found, it was determined that they were shot and killed in their home before their bodies were relocated. Police report that both had gunshot wounds to the head with bullets still located in their remains. The bullets found were consistent with the bullets in Nicholas Johnson's gun. Nicholas was already in jail at this point in time for that active warrant when the state decided to charge him with the deaths of his parents, Gary and Laura Johnson. In March of 2001, a competency eval was ordered for Nicholas. The eval came back competent in June of 2021. As of now, Nick remains in jail awaiting trial for the murder of his parents. Nicholas Johnson is currently facing two counts of open murder, two counts of possessing a firearm while committing a felony, one count of being a convicted felon in possession of a firearm. Despite the overwhelming amount of evidence, Nicholas maintains that he is innocent in his parents' death. And as of now, it appears he's playing the plea not guilty. Now, you might say, that's horrible. That's horrific. That's a horrible case. How are these two cases related? Well, they both stem back to Nicholas Johnson. Nicholas is the friend last seen with Facio when Facio went missing in May of 2018. Nicholas is the friend that tried to take possession of Vasio's belongings after he went missing. He is the friend who said that he saw Vasio getting into a car with unknown friends. He is the one who came back to the woman's home and appeared very anxious and nervous when asked about Vasio's location. This is all the very same Nicholas Johnson. As stated earlier, Nicholas was charged for the murder of his parents in February 2001. Well, in March of 2001, the police released a statement saying they were conducting helicopter searches in West Century Oakland Drive area of Portage in regards to Fossil's disappearance. It is revealed that witnesses saw Fossil and Nicholas walking away from a townhouse on Valleywood Court the night that Fossil disappeared. What we know is that Nicholas returned to the home that him and Fossil were staying at at 5 a.m. But we have no idea what happened between midnight when him and Facio left and 5 a.m. when Nicholas returned. All we know is that Nicholas left with him 
and no one has seen him since. All we know is that since this day, none of Fasio's social medias have been active. And all we know is that this St. Nicholas is currently sitting in jail, facing serious charges for the murder of two individuals. And not just any two individuals, but his mother and father. And while none of these things are exactly directly correlated, it'd be silly for us to not think these aren't connected at all. In a 2001 article, the Portage Police Chief stated, One of the difficulties in the Fascia Pena case is that the people involved that we were getting information from, none of them were very credible. Now that the Johnson's case came up last week, it just simply maybe verifies what we were thinking in 2018. Hindsight is 2020. The only connection that Nicholas Johnson had was that he was the last person that was seen with Pena. But at the time, that's where it stopped. Our new search was conducted for Facio March of this year. It does not seem like any new evidence was found or any major breaks have actually occurred in his case since the arrest of Nicholas, but there has been a renewed effort being put into solving the disappearance of Facio Pena. Nicholas is listed as a person of interest, but he is not listed as a suspect in Facio's disappearance. And while it's pretty laid out that he is a person everyone believes is directly related to Fossil disappearing, there's just not enough direct evidence to connect him. Everything is very circumstantial as of right now. One thing to note is that the area in which the police searched for Fossil in March of 2001 is the same area that Nicholas' parents' bodies were found. And yes, that's interesting. Are they saying they think that he could have been there? Well, yes, but what makes this even more interesting is this was the area police searched the first time around when they were looking for Fascio. This was the area they searched before Nicholas' parents were ever murdered. So this leads a lot of us to believe there is some type of evidence. There is some type of tips the police have gotten in the past that directed them towards Nicholas and directed them towards that area before and they believe there's something there they have not found it but this was the area they searched before Nicholas ever murdered his parents so to find his parents body back in that area where they first searched for Fascio years before there's definitely something there that we the public just aren't aware of so as always I did a search around the web I found a couple of interesting comments, but everyone seems to be on the same page that they believe Nicholas is directly involved in the disappearance of Fascio. And there seems to be a general understanding that everyone pretty much believes that foul play is involved. From what I can tell, family still believes there's a chance that Fascio is just missing and that he is alive somewhere and one day he will walk through their door. And for their sake, I definitely hope that that's true. But when looking at comments on different crime forums, foul play is the biggest theory. Nicholas being involved is the biggest theory. In fact, you do not see any theory that deviates from that at all. But one particular comment I found that I didn't hear anywhere else was that Fascio's disappearance may have possibly been gang related. 
It may have been a gang initiation of some sort that went wrong or wronger. Now, this is brought up mostly because of the mention of bandanas. And I honestly think it's a fascinating theory because we do have this mention of bandanas that comes up anytime you read a write-up about this case. And when I first read a write-up about this case, I thought the mention of bandanas was odd. I'm like, okay, why do we need to have that information? But we do later hear, well, because Nicholas came back with Fasio's bandana, which again was one of those, okay, yeah, that's odd. I really didn't make a connection. But on the Reddit thread, there is somebody who claims to know the family in some type of capacity and claims to be from the area. And they state that the rumor was that there was some type of gang initiation and this led to the disappearance of Facio. And again, this really stems from the fact that Bandanas was involved, that Nicholas came back with Facio's bandana, but no other details were laid out to imply why gang relations were brought up other than the fact that Bandanas were mentioned. And don't get me wrong, giving a boy in a man, and let's be very clear, Facio was a boy. He was 17 years old. Nicholas was a man. He was darn near 24. But to give them bandanas before they leave the house around midnight is kind of odd. It's a kind of odd detail. And I can see why this theory may have gained speed, especially since Nicholas came back with Facio's bandana and then became possessive of his belongings. That's very odd. Now, as I was saying just a few seconds ago, Facio was only 17 at the time he went missing and Nicholas was about 23, 24 at this time. And while that's not a huge age difference when you're an adult, a 17 year old and someone almost in their mid 20s, that's two completely different stages in life. I mean, Nicholas was almost old enough to run a car. He was old enough to get his own place. He was old enough to buy alcohol. He was old enough to serve in the military. He was old enough to own and register a gun if he would have just done that. He was in an age where it's not abnormal for some people to start getting married. He was in an age where people are starting off their careers. Fasio was not. Most people his age still looking at the world really bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And it's not exactly a normal age range for two guys to hang out in. But if we put this in the context of possible gang involvement, it's not that odd. I mean, when we're talking about gangs, a lot of times you will see kind of this brotherhood camaraderie in gangs usually the guys in that 20 to 24 year old range are recruiting young boys off the street in the schools and creating a family-like feeling and really taking these kids and molding them into whatever it is that that gang needs them to be really sticking into them the importance of things like loyalty to your clique loyalty to the streets and the reason i bring this up is because one of the comments i did come across brought up their age difference and was like hey does no one else think this is kind of weird but in context of the gang theory that wouldn't have been so weird but i saw no mentions of gangs 
anywhere in any article or any official source that I've came across. Police never mentioned it. Parents never mentioned it. Friends never mentioned it. I could not find it in any article at all. No one mentioned anything about gangs. So I kind of dropped it for a while, but it kept popping up in the back of my head. So I decided to look up a little bit further, see if I can find him mentioning gangs anywhere, just because it is an interesting theory, considering we have that talk about the bandanas. And do you know, just when I was like, no, no, this is just some random comment, you know, just when I was about to leave it at that, I found Fossil's SoundCloud profile. So around the time Fossil disappeared, he wanted to be a rapper. He was rapping. He had a SoundCloud page. On his page, he has a couple songs posted. I went through his songs and I will admit his songs do talk about the gangster lifestyle. The songs do talk about street life and drugs and guns and that sort of thing. So that person may not have made that up from nowhere. In his songs, he often yells out Twisted Gang before he starts actually rapping. It's usually like the first thing you hear after like a couple seconds of intro music. You'll hear him yell Twisted Gang. I found two of his Instagram accounts. One of them was private, so I could not actually look in the pictures, but I was able to read like his uh, bio on his Instagram. And in his bio, he also had Twisted Gang. On the second Instagram profile, I was able to actually go through the page. And I think there was like one or two pictures he said something about Twisted Gang. But before we jump to any conclusions, let me just throw this out here. Foxy was 17 years old at the time he disappeared, okay? I want to zoom in on this because I was once a 17-year-old girl, okay? And when I was a 17-year-old girl, I had lots of male friends who wanted to be rappers. I had lots of male friends who had SoundClouds, who were even making mixtapes and selling them at school during lunchtime. And when you would listen to their mixtapes, they would be talking about being thugs, being a part of gang, gang life, what guns they hold, not to mess with them. They're not scared to shoot people in the streets. And these were the same guys that would be in their mama's basement rapping about that as she's bringing them down milk and cookies. Like, it's a thing. It is a thing with young teenage boys. Gangster rap is popular, okay? And most of the people rapping gangster rap aren't really gangsters. I hate to break that to you guys. I don't know if you guys are aware yet. A lot of them aren't actually gangsters. It's a persona. And it's been a thing for a while for young men to want to be rappers. And when they want to be rappers, they insist on being the most hyper-masculine version of whatever they think is cool at the time. A lot of times, hyper-masculinity ties in with violence. It ties in with power, streets, drugs, control. Unfortunately, that's just the era that we're in. So I throw that out there to just kind of keep a balance of, yes, we do have him saying gang life stuff, rapping about it, but also let's keep in mind that this is a thing that's really not as uncommon as we like to believe. This is a thing that young boys do. Also, I want to throw in there, I cannot find anything about Twisted Life Gang or Twisted Gang. I googled it and I googled it until my little heart was just as tired as it could be. I can't find any gang with that name. I found a 
folksy rock group with that name. I found a craft store with that name. I found what seemed to be like an after school activity club with that name. And so I also want to throw it out there that could literally just be the title that him and his group of friends gave each other. Look, I'm in my 30s, and when I was a teenager, kids were doing that. I remember when I was in like high school, the group of girls I hung with called themselves Bella Mafia. And we weren't a mafia, we weren't a gang. It was just a thing at the time. Everybody just started wanting to create a collective group where everybody repped the same name or whatever. And you would say one particular thing, and you knew which five people you were talking about. So I wonder if it's one of those things and the reason I say that is like this is not a known gang I can't find anything on it even when I put in Michigan even when I put in Portage and I'm looking up Twisted Gang nothing pops up and so I really think it's one of those things where him and his group of friends might have just named them that and I want to be very clear I'm not trying to say this to paint this as some type of angelic picture Afasio. I'm just saying that I want us to see both sides of it, that yes, he is rapping about gang life. This is a thing that's going on. But also, let's keep in mind, this is sometimes something that kids do. Also, let's keep in mind, this is something that's never brought up. And not only never brought up in regards to Facio, but Facio and Nicholas both had these bandanas, okay? Nick came back with his bandana. If this was a gang thing, if this was a gang initiation thing, this would mean that Nick was in that gang. Nick is currently in jail for two very vicious murders and no gang mention has been brought up as of yet. Nick has been arrested on felonies multiple times and I can't find any mention of him being in a gang whatsoever. So that's also why I want to bring that in there because I just feel like that's something that we would hear about. Now that's not to say that when his trial actually starts we may hear something about gang ties. That might be a thing. It might pop up. But as of right now there is absolutely no mentions of gangs anywhere else. So I want to make sure you guys understand that it is an interesting theory. There may be some correlation, but again, no one else is mentioning that. It doesn't really seem to be a thing. Also, we don't even know what color bandanas they were given. If they were given two different color bandanas, like if one was given a white bandana and one was given a purple bandana, eh, that doesn't seem like that's a gang thing. That really seems like maybe it's a hot day and she was like, hey, take these with you so you can dab yourself if you sweat type of thing. Um, if it was like two very specific colors, okay, now we got a little bit more to work with. But again, it's just one of those things I want you guys to be aware of. It might pop up if you start researching this case, but you will not see it ever mentioned officially by police, by any official reports, family or friends. You won't see it mentioned there. And also, I think I will admit there may be some bias on my side. You'll see pictures of Facio. I'll post it up on my Instagram. There'll be some on the blog. I will have a blog post on this case. So you can head over to theoverlookpodcast.com. Click on my blog section. You'll be able to read through the blog. Click the links as you read through. When you look at Facio, Facio looks like a boy okay this is not a 17 year old who looks like a grown man Facio looks like a young boy and he was a young boy okay 
on his Instagram, as I was going through his page, um, he has someone, I don't know if it's a friend, a cousin, a girlfriend, I'm not 100% sure, but this particular person comments on a lot of his pictures and they're very young kid comments like, LOL, you ugly or you in that big head type of thing. He was still, some, he was a kid guys. He really was a kid. And that's not to say there isn't duality, but that's just to get some more perspective of whatever side of him that someone else may have known whether that side of him seemed rougher or tougher there was definitely still a big side of him that very much was a 17 year old boy now another interesting comment i did come across on the web was a comment that was posted under a news article on facebook now, this particular article was an article posted in 2019. The article was talking about how police were searching for Fascio's body in that same area that Nicholas' parents, Gary and Laura Johnson's bodies would eventually be found two years later. But this was in 2019 and they were searching in this area. And in the article, the police very clearly state they're searching for a body, indicating that he is deceased. Well, in one comment underneath this post, individual asks, hey, am I confused? The last I heard is that essentially the police had called off a search because there were multiple spottings of Fasio since he's been missing. So the comment alleges that there has been multiple tips that people have been seeing Fasio around town or whatever. And underneath that comment, Fasio's mother actually comments back, pretty much saying, yeah, she was surprised as well. That was the last piece of information they got as well. They have not received any new information about this search as of yet. Now, the original commenter also says something about how she had found that information on the family's page. So I was very confused because I did not come across this anywhere. Nowhere. Nothing I came across. Not a single article, not a single news clip, not a single video. I came across that anything about the search being called off, people reportedly seeing him. I did not come across that at all. So I went back to his missing person's Facebook page and I went through every single comment and I still did not see that. So I'm not sure if that was something that was posted at one point in time that was taken down, that was deleted, if only certain people have access because there are certain pages that are technically open but certain comments you have to follow them in order to see or you have to be friends in order to see it it could be something like that but this comment caught me completely off guard because even in articles and interviews with the police in 2021 where they're referring back to Fasio's disappearance it's never mentioned at any point in time that someone reported seeing him after he went missing that there was a glimmer of hope that he was still out there because every single thing and I do mean every single thing I came across was immediately yo this sounds like foul play it sounds like the friend I'm talking Fasio was last seen May 18th he was reported missing May 23rd articles I was reading on like May 30th around that area in the comments, people are immediate like, who is this friend? Y'all need to ask the friend. Something sounds off with that friend. Like this was the theory from jump. 
So it really caught me off guard to know that at some point in time, it seemed that family was getting information that people reported seeing him because I did not find anything else stating that. I did not find anyone else talking about possible sightings of him anywhere else. Now, I will say it gives me more context to his missing persons page because for a long time, his missing persons page really seemed to make posts that indicate that they believe he is just missing, that he is somewhere and they're just kind of like making posts like, please just give us a call. Please just let us know it's there. If they are hearing tips and reports saying people have seen him, then their posts make a lot more sense to me. Sometimes what we have in missing person cases is that despite the fact things look gloomy, families still hold out hope because that's their loved one and they want to have hope. We want them to come home. And sometimes it's harder to process the fact that the evidence that we have does not seem to line up with with this ending that we want. But if they are receiving information or they're hearing rumors and tips that he's being seen, then that's not an issue of cognitive dissonance. That's really like, no, there is someone giving you a reason to have hope. There is someone giving you a reason to believe like, no, there's a good chance my baby's coming home. But again, that's the only place I've found it. That one comment. And again, the mom seems to confirm this comment. Like, yes, this was a thing she heard as well. When we have that March of 2021 post from the police saying that they're going to do a new search in that same area for Facio. Facio's family did come forth. They did make a statement to let the public know that, hey, from what they've been told, the police are doing a search because there's some similarities in the environmental factors between this year and the year that Facio went missing. And it wasn't necessarily they were doing a new search because they had new information. The exact statement released from family says, Today, the Portage Police Department issued a press release in regards to my missing son, Facio, and a search they intend to perform. I do not know specific details leading up to the search, but I am aware of it, and I'm aware that the reason is not because of any new information, but because of environmental similarities between this year and 2018. Our family would be appreciative of your prayers, and we ask that everyone please respect our privacy at this time. And again, as far as we know, the police, they have not reported finding anything new when there's still a question of where is Facio? As of now, Nicholas Johnson is in jail awaiting trial and Facio Pena is still missing and his family is still searching for answers. If you have any information, even slightly just related to the disappearance of Facio Pena, I ask that you please reach out to the Portage Department of Public Safety at 269 329 4567. That's 269-329-4567. I will have that number posted on my Instagram. I will have that number posted on the blog. The blog will be up. If you can hear my voice now, that means the blog is currently up. The web is theoverlookpodcast.com. Our hope is that we are able to get some answers. We're able to figure out what happened to Facio. Is Facio coming home? and all the other questions his family and loved ones may have. Now, I will say one of the things you will see when you do any type of search on Nicholas Johnson in his case is people are wondering if the state is going to try to make a deal with him in regards to cutting him slack on his charges with his parents if they give him information about Facio. There really does seem to be a big belief that he played a major part in the disappearance of Facio and because the case against him in regards to his parents seemed like such a slam dunk case him getting a deal for leniency so Facio's family can have some sort of peace 
seems like a thing that may or may not happen. The state has not said anything to indicate this. This is just really crime junkies thinking on how cases have played out in the past when there's a belief that the person had prior incidents and police just can't connect them. It's not uncommon for them to do a deal so that they can close this case so they can give these other family closure. What they'll usually do is take like the death penalty off the table if you give us this information. Usually they'll get life instead or maybe they'll get life with chance of parole in like 45 years. Nicholas is now in his late 20s so even if they did something like that by the time he gets out he would be let's say they give him 40 years that means he may be eligible for parole around late 60s 70s and again that's just a theory we have no idea if the state plans to make a deal with him we'd have no idea if he would even take that deal i mean there is so much evidence against him and he still thinks he has a chance to plead guilty regardless as of right now we don't have any answers we don't know how this is going to turn out i am hoping that somehow this will be able to lead to facio's family getting some peace and getting some closure and i am at least glad that the one small bright light out of this case is that it has renewed interest in Facio's case, a case that really they didn't have a lot to go on and quite frankly it lost its steam and now we have kind of this new push and effort to start getting answers for Facio's loved ones. With that said, that's all I have on this case. As always, be safe, be vigilant, and I have a new episode for you guys on Sunday. worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss and if your identity is stolen your dedicated u.s-based restoration specialist will work to fix it let lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for save 25 percent off your first year on lifelock ultimate plus at lifelock.com aware terms apply